think of Sweet Jubilee and just how she comes up to me. And I, just the other day, we we're snuggling on the couch. And she must have told me she loved me 10 times before she got up from the couch. And we we're just sitting there watching TV together. And she just kept hugging me and squeezing me and like petting my hair. And, and every so often, she would like look up at my face and she'd be like, I love you, Miss Monica. And <laughs> it's just like moments like that where it's just everything. Hey there, you're listening to the Choosing to Heal podcast, where we ditch the small talk for real deep conversations about all that life has to offer. I'm your host, Monica Lee, and my goal is to share insights and tangible tips to help you maximize your potential and live a life full of intention and purpose. From mental, emotional, and physical wellness to relationships, faith, and business, the goal is always the same. We're choosing to heal, grow, and thrive each day. So grab a cup of coffee, get comfy, and let's chat. It is the end of 2023. I feel like we say this every year at the end, like, I don't know how it happens, but here we are. Man, and time is just flying. Gosh, I'm full of cliches. (laughs) In this episode, I wanted to take some time to reflect on some of the personal highs and lows that I've had and share them with you just to really let you in on the reality of what this choosing to heal journey can look like, what it's looked like for me, because this isn't just like, I had the best year ever and how 2023 was the best year yet. I guess that's just what's so important to practice is learning how to hold space for both emotions and not shaming ourselves and guilting ourselves and feeling bad if we have an off day where we're reacting just out of the old patterns that we know better than to behave in because those days exist. And also there are going to be good days and there's going to be days where it just feels easier and lighter and like the fog has lifted. My year has kind of just been a mix of all of those things. And what's interesting is as I was outlining this episode, thinking about what was important enough to share about, the highs and the lows are really kind of about the same topic. Something that can be like the best thing to ever happen to us can also bring up these triggers or these experiences or these emotions that can cause us to feel low as well. And so it's not always just black and white. It's not all good and all bad. The first thing on my list is moving to Georgia. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with my story, the reason why this is such a big deal is because I went through a divorce a couple of years ago and my ex-husband and I lived in Louisiana. And so when we went through the divorce, obviously I had planned to stay in Louisiana until uh, God had other plans and my now partner, Joshua, came into the picture and You know, in the very beginning, we just didn't even consider the possibility of having a relationship because he lived in Georgia and I lived in Louisiana and we both were divorced with kids. And so obviously we had co-parents to consider. And so the only way that it would ever happen is if we could get one of our exes on board. And at the time that seemed near to impossible. It seemed like just so out of the question, but... If you are listening to this, I mean, you know how that turned out. And I I guess I just want to take the time to really hold space and be in awe of how possible the seemingly impossible can be and taking time to reflect back to that space of feeling so desperate and so upset and so disappointed 
feeling like the unfairness of life that this beautiful thing. So it was just out of reach. It was like a carrot being dangled. Like here's this thing that has a potential to be so good and it is so good, but you can't have it. Long story short, here we are, my son and I, we live here in Georgia with Joshua and his kids. We all live under the same roof. We share custody with our ex-spouses and my ex-husband, Josh, lives in Georgia too. And the way this kind of all went down, if you want the full story, I go more in detail as to how we ended up here in episode seven. So if you're like, what in the world? (laughs) What was the process of getting my ex-husband to move out here? Which by the way, I don't even like saying that, like getting him to move out here because I really did not try to get him to. It really was a process of surrender and acceptance and simply like planting a seed and saying, hey, this is my desire. And A lot of how that conversation unraveled, it was from a place of healing and it was from a place of growth and healthy communication, um, which only was made possible because him and I went through the healing process and went through so much therapy before our divorce. Thankfully, as these big, big life decisions and conversations come up, we're able to communicate them in a way that is healthy and that isn't a manipulation or trying to control the other to get our desired outcome. Anyway, I remember being with Joshua. Yes, it's kind of confusing. So my ex's name is Josh and my current partner's name is Joshua. (laughs) I remember one night we so desperately we're crying out to God. Like we were holding each other in each other's arms, just like crying, tears rolling down our face, praying and crying out to God. Like, please, God, see how much we want this. And, you know, you say that you give us the desires of our hearts and we're releasing the outcome to you, just begging really and letting go. And we didn't get any instant answers. There were a lot of times where it didn't look like it would ever work out. There's some things in this life where there's really just no explanation other than just like giving God the glory. This only happened because God. There's no explanation but God. So anyway, that entire process going from feeling hopeless and grieving what could be with Joshua and I to going through that process of surrender, learning all the beautiful lessons and patience and being in limbo and just slowly watching this process unfold and eventually getting to a place where we are all here together. By the way, like I didn't even consider at the time the fact that my ex-husband would even ever think to move. The thought didn't even cross my mind. To me, it was, well, he's either going to let me move to Georgia and like we'll travel back and forth to share custody or not. Like Those were the only two options. Sometimes we're so focused on like, all we can see right in front of us that we we don't even see other alternatives. And that was his idea. He wanted to come out here to Georgia to see like the area that Jasper would be living in. But also during that trip, he shocked us all by saying, hey, can I go visit this area? I kind of want to check it out because who knows, maybe it would be nice to start over here too. So that definitely has been a high of this year. Of course, that is the top of my list. Really just this beautiful reset of all of us being able to be on the same page. You know, this year we shared Thanksgiving together. My ex-husband came over and we got to spend time together. We try to do that a lot anytime we can have these memories with the kids. He came over with a board game and sat down and played the game of life Mario edition with our son and Joshua's three kids. And it's just life is good. 
Now, on that same note, remember how I said that a lot of my highs and lows are tied to the same topic. So my low in relation to this beautiful thing of starting over in Georgia was really this year I grieved the loss of the relationships that I had with my ex-in-laws. My mother-in-law, father-in-law, my sister-in-law was very, very close to all of them. And it's not that we don't have a relationship anymore. I'm very grateful that this divorce didn't cause family feuds or like picking sides. Everyone has been so supportive throughout this process. We've gotten to keep in touch and I still communicate with them weekly, sending pictures and updates. And for Jasper's birthday, we all went on a joint family vacation. Us, my ex-husband, his family, my now partner, Joshua, his kids, we all went to Margaritaville to celebrate Jasper's birthday together. And my ex-mother-in-law, she loves my new partner, Joshua. It's so beautiful. And also, it has been so painful for me to grieve the loss of how our relationship used to be. Even last year, we spent the holidays together. I even cooked the turkey for my ex-in-law family. And Joshua was there too. But like the first year of divorce, I didn't really have to grieve that loss because we were still so intertwined. And I was still living in Louisiana, but not having them this year at Thanksgiving was really hard for me. When I married him, I, I married his family too. And so when I chose to divorce, that was really hard because obviously I didn't have any issues with his extended family. I still loved them all the same. And also our relationship was affected because of it. And that was really sad. So my first high was this big, giant, life-changing milestone, starting over in Georgia with my ex-husband, with my new partner and his family. So this next high is much less of like a big life event. And it's just like everyday life, appreciating and having gratitude for the fact that I get to come home every day to this partner that I love so much that this partner that I did long distance with for over a year that I just wished I could just go to bed with at the end of the day every night. And when you're in a long distance relationship, there's obviously like hard things that come with it. But what isn't talked about enough or highlighted enough is the good that can come from it. But that's one good that came from it was it allows me to appreciate these everyday moments so much more. And then on top of that, I just cherish how easily and naturally this family transition has been with the kids. It was kind of thrust into the newness of having these bonus kids. And there's just a lot that comes with it. And you hear these horror stories about like, you know, how stepkids can hate the stepmom and they're like, you're not my real mom and all this stuff. But... From day one, our kids have been so accepting and so loving of the whole situation. They have embraced Jasper as their brother. We just truly feel as though we have this family unit that feels so natural and so right and so meant to be. And it doesn't feel forced, right? It's not like we're having to force this reality onto the kids. You know, I think of Sweet Jubilee and just how she comes up to me and I just the other day, we we're snuggling on the couch and she must have told me she loved me 10 times before she got up from the couch. And we we're just sitting there watching TV together. And she just kept hugging me and squeezing me and like petting my hair. And, and every so often she would like look up at my face and she'd be like, I love you, Miss Monica. And 
It's just like moments like that where it's just everything. It's the holiday season. And I was just talking to one of the ladies in our Choosing to Heal community about this, how there's always like this big expectation around like the big events, like Christmas Day to be this grand thing. But we're talking about how like so much of the magic, the holiday magic is in these little everyday moments. There's just so much beauty in the everyday. Like today, I'm picking up Emerald, which is our oldest daughter from school for the first time. And I'm so excited. Like I'm going to go pick up Starbucks, her favorite drink. And the reason I'm picking her up from school is because out of nowhere, she wanted to take piano lessons because she saw me playing the piano. And that's so special to me. We get to have like this bonding experience and I get to pick her up from school and it's just her and I. That girl lives and breathes music. And so I'm going to surprise her by telling her she can create her own Spotify playlist because that's what we do like in the car is all the kids are always requesting like, can you put on this song and that song? We have our family playlist on Spotify. And every time I'm in the car with her alone, she's sitting in the front seat wanting to like, you know, click on all the songs and play DJ. And so I just know that It's just going to be this simple everyday thing, picking her up from school and driving to piano lessons. And so many of us like do these every day. It's like driving to football practice or whatever it may be. But like, I literally cannot wait to just have that 20 minute drive with her and sit and watch her learn how to play piano. And I literally just have chills every time I think about like how special these everyday moments are and that I get to create them with my own son and these three beautiful children who love me and love Jasper and have accepted us and we're creating this beautiful life together. I literally could end the episode there. (laughs) So I just got done sharing about how beautiful blended family life is. And also there are challenges and there are struggles and there are hard moments that are specifically to do with having a blended family. It brings up a lot of feelings. It's hard for me that Emerald is not my biological daughter, that all three of them, it gets hard. Yes, there are these beautiful things. And yes, like I accept them and I love them so much. And also like Joshua has a past and I have a past. And, you know, if we had our way, this wouldn't be like how we wanted our lives to play out. You know, thankfully, both of us were, were at a place now where we see like how our broken past led us to exactly where we needed to be today. And like it had to happen this way in order for us to have the life that we have. But also there are days where I just give in and it feels overwhelming, the unfairness of it all. All of that stuff that you really only get to experience if you have been through a divorce or if you are a step mom or dad. And and this goes for, I'm sure, like foster parents and just all these different versions of blended family life. And sometimes I fall into this shame spiral because I think I should be just so grateful and always focusing on the positives, like the ones that I just shared with you. And like, what do I have to be negative about? Anyway, that is another low that made this list because it really is something that I have to battle on the daily. Okay, am I going to choose to let this ruin my day? And sometimes it does, if I'm being perfectly honest. Sometimes I have triggers that are so bad that I have to remove myself because just being at home or looking at the kids is so triggering. And yes, I just admitted that out loud. Like that doesn't feel good. And then there's all the shame that comes from it. And so the everyday holds both 
the good and the magical and the beautiful and also the pain and the brokenness and the hurt and the old wounds and the past traumas that are still unhealed and that I'm still healing, that I'm still stumbling through, that we all are and we're going to continue to heal. Yeah, it's it's both of those things that are within the everyday that have made up this year. Just consists of good days and bad days, you know? So you're finally ready to start doing the work. The only problem, you have no clue where to start or what to do. That's where the Choosing to Heal community comes in. It's like a cozy virtual hangout where you can connect with others who actually get it. With our book club, step-by-step resources, and built-in accountability check-ins, you'll feel seen, validated, and supported every step of the way. And you'll gain exclusive access to my live podcast discussion where you can come chat with me and ask questions about anything we talk about here on the podcast. It's time to say goodbye to feeling stuck, alone, and overwhelmed and hello to the tribe you didn't know you needed. Visit choosingtoheal.com slash community or head to the show notes in the description of this episode to learn more. And then last but not least, my third high and low is related to healing. And this time I'm going to start with the low and end with the high. And this one, man, I'm going to try to get through sharing about this as well, because this is another hard one that's really just very raw for me right now. And the low of this year is feeling just so stuck in these old patterns that won't die. I mean, there's a reason I created this podcast, this brand called Choosing to Heal. It's because I literally wanted to spend as much of my time and energy to growing into the best version of myself. Like, I don't want to stay a victim to my circumstances. I don't want to react in these old ways. Like, I want to undo these coping mechanisms that I learned from an early age. And the desire there is obviously so strong. And yet, I am human and I am still choosing to heal. I have to, because guess what? I'm not fully healed. I'll never be fully healed. You know, my best friend, she just sent me a message before I got on to record this. And she said, Monica, the name of your brand isn't choosing to healed. You're not sharing from a healed place. (laughs) You're doing exactly what the name of the brand, the podcast is, you know, but That has been so frustrating to me this year. Man, I am working so hard and trying so hard. There are these old patterns that I just have not healed yet. And it's like they keep showing up and they keep getting triggered. And I think it's because the fact that I actually have spent so much time, I've just been feeling so discouraged. Like, man, I have been choosing to heal. I have been putting in the work. So why is this taking so long? Why am I not further along? And then on top of that, like the fact that I have this podcast and I can intellectually understand a topic. Okay. I understand that I'm triggered from this old wound of feeling like not good enough. And it was caused by this experience in my childhood. And I know that I'm creating meaning and attaching meaning to it. And I'm reacting from that place. And the reason I'm reacting in anger is to protect this more vulnerable part. It's like, I know all of this. And I still react in anger. I still get triggered. And it's like, I'm literally watching myself having like this out-of-body experience. You know better, Monica. And what does that do? It creates more shame. What happens when I go to shame? It doesn't get pretty. All of my protector parts start kicking in. And that has just been so frustrating. You know, and, and that leads into this final point on my 20, my 23rd birthday. Oh my God. What am I saying? I'm year 2023. That's why I said 23rd. On my 34th birthday this year, which was just last month, mind you, 
I had one of those days where I just was not my best. And it was not just a day. It was actually a span of several days. You know, there's moments where you get triggered and you can kind of like take yourself out of it. If you, you know, take a few deep breaths or go for a walk and a few hours later, you're finally to a place of calm. This went on for a span of several days where I just felt stuck in this protection mode. Everything felt so threatening and I was very aware of it. And it went into my birthday. And then you think about birthdays and the expectations that are attached to it. And Joshua was doing everything he could to make me feel special and to help me calm and regulate. And it just was not working. Like nothing was working. And so then there's all these disappointments and hurts on top of that. And I, anyway, I remember wishing, blowing out the candles on my cake, thinking, please let this be the year that I can finally have a breakthrough in this area. I don't want to spend more birthdays feeling like this. And this is where I'm going to flip the script, change the perspective, and take a step back from those emotions and realize I am finally in a place in my life after 34 years. I'm in a season and I'm in a relationship that is safe enough to finally allow myself to heal. It's finally safe enough to do this deep, deep healing work. You know, I've spent a lot of time kind of healing back the layers of these hurts and wounds and traumas, but then we have those like deep core wounds. The fact that they are coming up is an opportunity to finally get to the root of the issue so that they can be gone for good. If I wasn't in a relationship like this, if I hadn't done all of the work leading up to this, I wouldn't be ready to make those changes and to truly heal those places. I'm to the point now where I intellectually can understand something, but it's trapped in my physical response, my heart racing, like feeling my chest tighten, these physical sensations. And when they flood your body, that response and that reaction gets triggered and activated. The fact that I am in this place, even though it's hard, even though it took this long, even though it is just so triggering and I may feel so stuck in the fact that they're there to begin with, the good news and the high and the positive and the silver lining of all of this is I am in a place where I am able to open my heart up to this new level and this new depth of healing. I guess my lesson or what I'm taking away from this is to stop like trying to pull myself out of these places. And it's less of like learning how to remove the negative. It's not the fact that you have all of this stuff to unlearn and remove. It's actually learning about how to make space for accepting those parts of you, not getting rid of them. So I guess with that, I will end this episode and I hope that you have a fabulous start to your 2024. Hey again, thanks for listening. You made it all the way to the end, which makes you one of my favorite people. If you can think of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode, it would mean the world if you'd either send it to them directly or share about it on social media. Ratings and reviews are the absolute best way you can support the podcast and keep the content coming. So make sure to subscribe and leave some love while you're at it. You can find me on all of the social platforms at Monica Lee blog and follow the podcast at choosing to heal. Thanks again. And I'll see you next time.